Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Anthony Flores with myself, Signus Baum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 324. And as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into our last show where we rounded up pretty much most of the pre-season since the end of last season. This week, we're going to round up what's happened since then. So over the last two weeks, I think it was when we last recorded. So we've got some pre-season games, activity, incomings, outgoings at the club as well. But as always, we start the top of all of our shows with a very kind word about our sponsors. We do. So our sponsor are Carol Langley Flores, who are an established business based in Chinkford. They specialise in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world and can do anything from a simple thank you or a congratulations to a tailored wedding event, anything larger. They are here to help you. They offer all O's fans 15% off, which could give you a huge saving on any wedding and flowering costs. So if you're interested, you can get in contact with John and his wonderful team. You can give them a call on the phone 0208 529 4130 or you can contact the guys on social media you can find them on twitter or shall i say x at carol langley e4 or you can find john at essex biz you can find the team at instagram under carol langley florist and you can find the guys at facebook at carol langley florist it will always be twitter it will Won't always it? be twitter. it will always be twitter <laughs> so as the eagle-eyed social media uh, amongst you would have seen we put out our tweets today advising that the one and only martin ling is going to be joining us on the show and delighted to say waiting on the line for us right here right now director of football late Orient, martin ling welcome back onto the podcast martin thanks ever so much and i guess just first of all be, let's start at the beginning, the end of last season. What a season that was. Tell us your thoughts as you can look back on it now. Yeah, looking back on it, uh, it was a fabulous season, you know, from start to finish. Uh, we, you know, the season started, I suppose, above everybody's expectations and, and uh, made everyone uh, expect us to go up uh, uh, leading the pack throughout the season is, is a tough tough gig and uh, but the lads always pulled out results we know we had a couple of hurdles along the way where you know we're going to have within a 40 same 66 game season you know where we'd lost a couple or we got a few if you remember the, the day we got the uh, two injuries at centre half and, uh, and a suspension at Northampton but Again, we was ready to act and got people in to to fill the gap. And then, yeah, the, the lads to get ninety one points and and to win the league uh, as convincing as we did. None of us could have dreamed of that at the start of the year. And if I'm honest, it's probably the best. You know, I've been connected twenty three years uh, with a seven year gap off for good behaviour, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I think it's the best football I've seen at the football club. Uh, and probably the best team, if I'm honest. I think it was, you know, it's hard to say when one of them teams was Martin, the 06 team. But in, in my time, I think that this one this year would have just edged uh, them in a, in a game. You know, it would have been a good game, but I think they might have just edged us. So, yeah, it was, it was a perfect season all round. Many to choose from, Martin. But do you have any standout games or standout moments at all, looking back? <laughs> For me, it was just, you know, the games at the end that, that, that 
meant so much. You know, there was there was always you know games where you went to and, and away from home we was resilient. You know, at home we always managed to pull something out of the fire when we needed to. But you know, you don't forget the games that uh, guarantee your promotion. Uh, I never remember. I never forget that. Uh, signal that I get down to the bench at Gillingham and the game was just about to start and then all of a sudden everyone disappeared onto the bench pitch dancing in there I just wanted to be with them but I was up at the top keeping ahead of the scoreline and now things were going elsewhere so you never forget that also the, you know, the title clinching game um, they're the ones that, that, that stick in. it's like the Oxford game for me in 06 they're the ones that stick in your memory they're the ones that you, you go back to and, and, and they're the, you know we still have a, an 06 group now I'm not actually in the group but John Mackey has an 06 group now and, 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 and 22, 23 he'll have a group and you never forget uh, you know you never forget the player that was playing or changing alongside you and the squad that was put together and, and, and the team spirit and the character in the squad was tremendous. Unsurprisingly, though, uh, when you're doing so well and have done so well, your players are going to be viewed by other teams um, and they're going to potentially move on. And two of the key components of last season were Lawrence Figaro and, and Paul Smith. How disappointing was it to lose both of those players from your perspective? Not that disappointing. I mean, not because I don't think they're great players and great lads, because they both were. But you've got, to, you've got to assess where they go to. So if, 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 if your goalkeeper, Lawrence, goes to, to the Premier League and, you, and your wide right player in Paul Smith goes to the Championship, I don't lose any sleep. If they start to go to clubs that I see at the same level and, and there's probably eight clubs in League One that you could, would accept as well it is just part and parcel of, of being in the football merry-go-round and I know supporters find that difficult but I also put myself back to the 18 year career I had and was, did I always try to better myself and did I always try to get what's best for me and my family and the answer is yes so <laughs> then I just don't lose I sleep over it we offered 11 contracts uh, we felt we would lose some I thought we might lose more, if I'm totally honest. Okay. Uh, but if someone says to me, what, what two are likely to go off the back of the season last year, I think that the clubs have picked wisely in terms of Vigor and Smith because they were as, as good as we had. Uh, and I'm pleased. I mean, I've worked with Lawrence at two clubs and, and to see him, even though he's not a number one in the Premier League, but at the Premier League and, and to get his just desserts. And, and, and I say Paul Smith had two years here you know, struggled with injury the first year, second year was on fire and was better, it was too good for the league. So he's gone to a league now where he's going to get tested. He'd be interested in how it pans out for both of them. I did text Lawrence Figaro uh, three days ago with a jokey text. I'll be back in for you at Christmas to take you on the line. <laughs> it's just because he signed a three-year deal, but I think Lawrence will find it hard if he's not playing regularly. Yeah. I think any player finds out I'm not playing regularly. So, yeah, that that was a that was a jokey text because we've got ourselves a good replacement in Sol Green. So we're 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 in a good space there. But yeah, when you lose good players, if you're being successful, the people you worry about, are your good players and your good manager, the manager's still here and with his staff, uh, and and we kept ninety percent of the players, but we lost a good ten percent. So, Martin, we're now at a League One football club. Uh, lots of changes on the horizon. What are your thoughts on the squad going into the season? 
Yeah, I mean, I said it today. I was at the uh, family day today, and, and and I feel that we we had to improve our squad in terms of quality, uh, and I think we've done that. We're not quite finished, if I'm honest. Which I'm sure there's another question coming. Uh-huh. We still we still need three uh, players to finish off uh, the squad. I think we need two. Or we need one defender, one centre half, and we need a, a, a another centre forward and another wide player. You know, the midfield area is probably the only area that's complete at the moment. Uh, but the other two, uh, but if I'm honest, I, I would expect two out of them three to be in before the weekend. So yeah, if I if I add them players to the squad, it covers the holes that I see in it at the moment and uh, gives us good numbers to choose from, good quality players. And, you know, we've got to step up to, to, a, to a division that, you know, I believe that we are a middle eight team in that division. The budget will be about 12th. So to overachieve would be to end up in the top eight. To, to do what you are expected to do would be the middle eight and to underachieve would be the bottom eight. So that's our... The board have asked me to put a description on it, and there it is, and that's what, and that's the description I think is fair. Interesting. Um, you have been quite busy um, through the through the course of this uh, transfer window. Uh, we've made uh, signings of Max Sanders, Dan Ajay, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, Ethan Galbraith. Idris has resigned. Was that was that a surprise for you that he would come back to us, or was that kind of always on the cards from your conversation with him and his agent? We kept, uh, obviously they all went away to my bay at the end of the season. I, I didn't go uh, because I don't drink, so I don't want to be around drunken people for four days and I want them to go and enjoy themselves. So uh, we've kept in touch all the time through it with, with Idris. Uh, it looked like he was going elsewhere. If I'm honest with you, there were two bigger clubs than us that were showing interest. Uh, and then... I was sitting at home, what, two, three weeks ago, and I thought, I'm just going to try a cheeky text, if I'm honest with you. And I just sent, I sent a text to say, how is my favourite Tunisian? <laughs> I, I hope you're keeping well. And all I expected was a text back, because we'd heard that there was, I don't want to name the clubs, it ain't fair, but they were two clubs in our league that would be top eight. And, he, and, he, and then he picked the phone up and says, I want to come back. Wow. I went, well, okay. Uh, now I said, if I could, if I can get this done in the next forty eight hours, are you coming back? He said yes. So I said okay. So then I've got to work with Ipswich. Tried to put an offer over uh, to buy him. Uh, they've got no interest in selling him. If I'm honest with you, uh, so it was a case of that they were happy for him to come back on loan. He's happy to come back on loan. And if be honest, with you, we kept going. We kept looking in that area and then we kept saying Idris's name, think what well, the wishful thinking of fetching him back. Or we, we kept saying we wanted need an Idris type player and luckily at the end of we got actually got Idris. But that was yeah. yeah, it was it was it was I think the way you know something what he said that really, really impressed me about him. He said that you took me, not me personally, we were talking about the club, we took him when no one knew who he was. And now if people do know who he was, that doesn't mean he has to leave us behind. So that was, for me, that was new. He don't very often in that, but he's a very genuine type of lad and person. So, yeah, delighted that he's come off. And, uh, you know, even though he's 
a old signing. I think he could be one of the major signings. As well as the players Paul mentioned, we also signed uh, Sam Howes, Sol Brin and Joe Piggott. So Sol Brin obviously has got massive shoes to fill, obviously replacing Lawrence Vigor, who's gone on to, like you said, the Premier League. So tell us a bit more about Sol Brin. Well, I think we've got to, you know, you've got to give Sol, he's 21. You know, he, he, he's, he's had a great season last year at Swindon. Uh, I talked to all my connections at Swindon and said he was their best player by our country mile. Richie talked to all his connections at Swindon. We know the people at Middlesbrough. And uh, he's just going to be a top-class goalkeeper. You know, but he is a learning top class goalkeeper. He's 21 years of age. He ain't going to be as vocal as Lawrence Figaro, and you wouldn't expect him to be. Uh, but he's he's got all the all the credentials to be a top class goalkeeper, and, and we're very happy to have him. And you know, in that department, we've now got Sam Owls uh, challenging him, along with Reese Byrne and, and uh, Noah Phillips, who are the third and fourth choice, I suppose, in terms of. Two young keepers, but Sam, again, someone that we'd, someone that we'd been uh, monitoring for quite a while. We had him watched three or four times last year. We knew of his background, and uh, when it was made clear to us that a small fee would get him out of Wilston, we was happy to pay that and 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 put together a goalkeeping department. But you know, you it's like. Because of Lawrence and the clean sheets and all that, you know, it's the hardest, probably the hardest shoes to fill will be that because of the success of the previous set, set up. But I feel we've got the raw material there to, to have a really good goalkeeping department and that's what we've got to look to be doing. You mentioned some new additions you're expecting uh, to come in. Um, I'm going to ask because it's being talked about by... Uh, many fans uh, on social media, on the forums, in WhatsApp groups as well. There's there's a big link with the return of uh, a young Ed Turns. Are you able to shed any light on on that at all? You're in a position to yeah. I mean, we ain't in a position to say that he's signed. We're in a position to say he's our number one target. Uh, we expect something to materialise in the next 24 to 48 hours on our number one target because he's been out in America. Mm. He's come on in Brighton's last two games. In fact, in fact, he was at fault for two of their goals against Newcastle when I watched it last night. So uh, that was not a criticism, but he, he, you know he's playing at a, an eye level. They, again, like what we did with him. Uh, Brian, so they still want to do business with us because of uh, how, we, how, how things went last year. So he, he is our number one target. Uh, I would like to say that he'd be in before the end of the week, but I'm not 100% sure because that, that is not a 100% done deal, but he's very high on our agenda. Okay, thank you. And also, it would be remiss of us not to say Macaulay Bond has been mentioned on numerous occasions. Is there any truth in that? Uh, Macaulay Bond was one of our targets uh he, no he was he was in with our target area uh at number nine uh but uh we we took Piggott, uh we got drinnen and we we feel we need a third one but it will be a younger player not macaulay bond but macaulay was uh was part of the equation we did speak uh, if I'm totally honest I've been in touch with Macaulay since the day he left because he's often texts me to, to talk about things in terms of uh, his own career really but uh, we took we took Joe Piggott we feel that we've made the 
the right choice uh, and also there has to be a cost into these things because we have to work within the budget so Macaulay Bond uh, is very unlikely to be, to be coming back that's um, that's uh, something that we we've as I say we've muted we talked about uh, it never materialised uh, now some things can change someone might come and buy one of our strikers and all of a sudden McCauley becomes a part of the equation and I look like a liar but as I, as I speak, sit here at this moment in time it's very unlikely that McCauley will be coming back to join us Thanks for your honesty there Martin do you expect any outgoings uh, from the club obviously lots of incomings but would you expect any further outgoings at all? The only outgoings we're looking to do really are we've got about 10 young players in, in what would be a 32-man squad, uh, four of them put 32. If we fetch a new three in, we'll be uh, third-year scholars. Uh, so we, we took four third-year scholars, uh, Charlie Pegram being one of them, who's actually done superb during the pre-season period, actually. But it, it's a case of no outgoings in terms of full-time outgoings, but Mike Steele, who is... Uh, the recruitment analyst, but also does the loan managing. Uh, we've got about five or six of them young boys that will be going out at level one, two and three, which is National League, National League South and uh, the Ryman Premier or the equivalent of. Uh, so, yeah, the only outgoings will be the younger players going out on loan to get some experience and some of them need to be doing that. Uh, but we want us, we want us to try and do it in, in, in two blocks, if I'm honest with you. We don't want all ten to go out at once. You know what I mean? We'd rather like five or six go out now and then maybe five or six. It's because, because the loan market never shuts in one, two and three uh, because it, it works off a different system to what we do. So that, they will be the only outgoings. There'll be no senior players going out. Cool. Was it a surprise that Shad left? Was there or was there conversations before the season ended? No, I mean it was. I mean, he's someone that never quite got Richie's full trust. If I'm honest, so I mean, people talk about uh, his ability, uh, but Richie never had. He got Kenny Jackett's full trust and played regular, you know, and then looked a decent player. Uh, for me, he was not never he was never consistent enough to to warrant starting uh, under Richie. And when we looked at it, and we see him as our we see him as our fourth choice centre half. You know, we got Happy and, and Beckles, and we got a new one coming in. So we see Shad as number four. So when someone comes and makes a six bigger feed, bid for your number four, you have to assess it. See if he can use the money in other areas, and I think it's both good for us and Chad. Chad now will become a starter at Gillingham, I would think, uh, where he's going to be number four here, and he never ever seemed to get any higher at number four with Richie. Uh, so even when Dan Appy got the long term injury, uh, Richie still thought the answer would come from outside the building rather than be Shad. So I think that probably tells you quite where we all was with it, including me. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I think the kid has got a chance, but he needs to. He needs to uh, improve his game to be a league, a league one star. Uh, so we just felt the money could be used in, in other areas and, and, and reinvest in the squad, and, and the chairman's allowed us to do that. So we thought it was a good move for everybody. So we had a few questions in, uh, Martin. We're going to uh, put a few to you. So the first one was from Danny, who sits in the South Stand, who said, in light of yesterday's comments from Rich regarding the state of the pitch and Colchester and 
picking up the injuries. What is the strategy behind the friendlies we choose and who arranges these? Well, the strategy is that we can't have, this year, people have got to look at it. We, we can't have a fixture on our own pitch. So that's that strategy that we normally do. And have Spurs at home and a, good, a big team at home. And two home fixtures was taken away for us because the pitch being, being relayed. So then you've got to look to clubs that will... Uh, entertain you, you know. So Colchester were kind enough to entertain us. You wouldn't expect Colchester's pitch to be the pitch was perfect. The only problem with the pitch was they didn't put no water on the pitch, and then the groundsman told us that he wouldn't do put the water on it. I'm not going to really tell you what he actually said because it was a bit deeper than that. But if, if you don't water any pitch, it's going to become sticky and dangerous, and that's right. The injuries we got yesterday were nothing to do with the pitch, by the way. It was because that was all to do with. Uh, Two of them were contact injuries and one was a, a, a pulled a muscle. So nothing to do with the pitch whatsoever, but the pitch didn't play well because it had no water. So when people think about the fixtures that we, we do, we like to build into it slowly. We like to give some clubs that we, that we have some sort of relationship, some payback by taking the team to them. Uh, you're always going to be worried about a pitch but the worst pitch we didn't expect to be the League 2 pitch we thought that would be actually the best pitch we play on but it actually worked out to be the worst pitch uh, than the ones that we played lower down As you touched on it there Martin is there an update on those that picked up injuries yet or is it a little bit too soon because obviously I know it only happened yesterday and today being Sunday yeah, it's, it's a little bit too soon at the moment we've got Satoria uh, it will be okay uh, because each was a knock uh, Theo Archibald will be available Saturday because it was a non-competitive first-team game and we got Bishop Stalford on Tuesday, which counts as each one-game suspension, which is a right result. That is, a, that is a well done, Martin, to get that friendly arranged for Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it was here. It was only there. And uh, Dan Aguirre and uh, Aaron Drinham both have had scans at the Oli House today. Uh, we will get the results of their scans tomorrow tomorrow. Uh, my gut tells me that, well, I'm almost certain they both won't be available for Saturday. I'll be gobsmacked if they were looking at them today. Uh, but it's just how bad they are and how long they're going to be out, which is frustrating because it, obviously it was three players, including Satorio and Archibald, if that would have been a suspension, or four, four players that we call it, that play in our front three. So that's how things can change. You know, I mean, you go to the game. We're feeling, if you, we're feeling good with the squad, we're feeling comfortable with it, and then, and then everything that could have went wrong yesterday actually did go wrong. But as I said to the chairman and Matt Paul this morning, there was no points on it. So we, you know, you have to. Uh, we went in this morning uh, for the family day, and you just go in there, and, and everyone learns to cope with what the problems are put in front of them because that's what you get every single day whilst you're a football manager or director of football. So we, we you know, me and Richard had a laugh and a joke about it. Yesterday, thought the world had come to a stop. And today, we we, we was uh, we was understanding of what we've got in front of us and understanding we'd rather have them available. But we know now that the players, the two forwards that, we, that we're going to fetch in, we might need to turn the burner up a bit and try and see if we can get them before Saturday rather than... One of them was going to be the following week, but we might try and move it forward because, you know, with the loans, it's sometimes dependent on what the loanee club needs of that player. Obviously, they always need them for pre-season games, but, you know, is the player likely to be on the bench for the first game of the season uh, before they let him out on loan? So, 
but we we we're actively I've been working on two of them today to be honest with you, and then tomorrow we'll try and try and get some of them over the. Uh, if I get all three over the line before Saturday, it'd be brilliant. But if I could get two out of three, it'd be good. Amazing. Fingers crossed. So we had a question from Vince Howard who says, I don't believe we've really made a marquee signing yet. Am I right in thinking that we are holding some of the budget back for now in case we need new faces in January? No, we the budget's 3.7 and if we take these three players in, it'd be 3.7 spent. Uh, there's another 300,000 for January if we need it. Uh, now, marquee signings, I, I would put... Idris El Mazzouni as a marquee signing. Yeah. I would put Joe Piggott as a, as a marquee signing. Yeah. I'd put Dan Aguirre as a marquee signing. I don't know what what marquee signings. I didn't quite have enough for Messi or Ronaldo. So <laughs> they're um, unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> unacceptable. Well, they're all going to Dubai and, and Saudi Arabia anyway. Um, uh, also from someone who sits in the South Stand, Warren Coleman says, the real fans think you've done a great job since you came back with Nigel and Kent and some of the signings have been sensational. Can you find us another one like Paul Smith? I think you poss- possibly have with, with Dan uh, Ajayi. Um, with regards to Josh Martin, I mean, that's a name that we've kind of, our Sherlock Holmeses have done their homework on and, and sort of pulled that, that name out and, we understand the contract was put to him, but then later withdrawn. Are you able to shed any light on on that? Not we've not come across that kind of situation before. No, it was never. There was never a contract put in front of him. Uh, there was. He he was in. We spoke. He was. He was in our list early in the season. Uh, there was people that were above him and and still are above him. To be honest, yeah. But because the kid. Uh, we were surprised when we asked, would you come in and play a couple of games for us? And he said yes, because, you know, he's 21, he's, he's played in the Premier League, and, but he came in and, made, and played a couple of games, did okay, there's no doubt about it, but he still didn't come to the top of our list, if I'm honest, so there's never been any offer that's ever gone in his direction. The only offers that ever go through the club have come out through me, so there is no... There is no truth in any rumour that there was something offered to him and then withdrawn. He still still sits there a little bit, if I'm honest with you, but we have got what we... We just feel we need a bit more experience in that area. You know, we had Paul Smith, who, you know, wasn't... Was had a little bit of experience around him. We just feel we need someone that's a bit more tried and tested as a wide player, especially the way that Richie likes to play his wide players quite often on their... Uh, opposite foot or their wrong foot and often trying to drift into areas and pick up space and I think sometimes you need to know the game a little bit more sometimes if the younger ones it takes them a little bit more time to get it uh, but we feel that we just need another X I mean you've got, you got, you got in wide areas we've got well we thought we had plenty of options to add one more to the wide areas before yesterday uh, but yeah obviously Archibald's available now you know, he's a different type. Archibald can play either left or right, but but Richie, just the way he plays, he feels that we need someone with a bit more experience. So that's where uh, Josh Martin went down the pecking order a little bit. Uh, but as I say, there was never no offer put to him. Uh, I just wish him well. If he don't, you know, if we don't go back to him, which I think is unlikely, 
and I just wish him well because he, you know, he showed a good attitude while he was there. You mentioned uh, wide players and experience. Is Kieran Sadlier a name still floating around, or kind of is that done with last season's loan spell? Yeah, no, look, Kieran's in the. There's, there's, we've got about three names still uh, in that wide area. Kieran's one of them three names. Uh, I, I'm not going to deny that, uh, but we have got other irons uh, as well that that. that Maybe just a bit. I don't know. I mean, Kieran's there. You know, we know what he's about. We know how he is. At the moment, he's got a contract at Bolton uh, that we couldn't match, if I'm totally honest. And there's some talk about them uh, giving him some figures and money to go. Uh, then, then it may be a bit more interesting than it is at the moment. For him, it's unfortunate at Bolton. They play 3 5 2. He's been playing as a wing back. Uh, and I won't put out as his best position. I hear that he's done okay at wing back, but he's definitely not his best position. Position. So Kieran is. Look, we know one. We know all about. You know, just got to be careful a little bit. You know, you've took Ed back. You've took Idris back. And I'm not saying that taking Kieran back is a bit. It would be a problem, but it's just sometimes you can get sort of up in the uh, success from last year. And then forget there's other players out there also. So, but no, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't take Sads back because if he, if, he, if he turns out to be the answer, but quite often with this, when you get to this stage, it, it's about people have to understand it's a negotiation. You know, so sometimes people are out your pay league and they become your pay league. You know, especially someone that maybe wanted five grand or four grand a week at the start of the window, but his wages stops on Monday because it's the first of August. May now take less, so it, it, it it's a forever moving field. So yeah, it'd be interesting to where it pans out, but we're getting to the end of it now. For for me, three more players. You know, I'd like to put my feet up, but you can't really because if someone comes and buys one of your players or, or something goes wrong, you've got to be ready and, and able to be able to, you know, push the button to, to make something happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at Johnny Eppers said, do you agree with Richie that the teams coming down from the championship this season aren't as strong, at least on paper, as the likes of Plymouth, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday who have gone up? What are your thoughts on yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even say on paper. I would say that the, the three that come down are definitely not as strong as the three went up. Without a shadow. I mean, just the size of the clubs to start with. Uh, that does that make the league uh, any easier? It probably does a little bit, you know, in terms of the, if you replace the three that went up with the three that come down and they're not as strong. I mean. I was asked to put together, I said to the board asked me to put together uh, a document of where I see us in terms of, you know, and I, and I chose to split into three groups of eight. And, yeah, I, I think last year would have been a stronger league than it is this year. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy because we're coming up a league, but I would, uh, yeah, 100% I would agree with Richie that, that the quality that went up and the quality that come down uh, is in our favour in terms of the, le- the lesser size teams to start with. And, uh, and and the big thing is they won't have such big budgets as the teams that went up. Yeah, absolutely. it be an interesting season for the clubs who have uh, just come down. We had a question uh, from Boatsy. He says, can you ask Martin what the process is for negotiating deals with players in clubs? For example, when is an undisclosed fee 
uh, and kind of what does that essentially mean? I think we had a few questions about undisclosed fees because it seems to be a, a term that's cropping up more and more when players are going from one club well, to another. Every fee is an undisclosed fee. You know, there ain't no such thing as a, as a disclosed fee anymore. They're all undisclosed and, and, and it's a case of working out and people working out saying it's in the region of and then it's got add-ons and then it's got thing and it just you know, I just said to you with with Shadrach OG, I'm quite open to say that we've got six figures for Shadrach OG. You know what I mean? So that means it's more than hundred thousand pounds. So you ain't gonna get it wasn't seven figures, so now work it out, it's somewhere between hundred thousand and nine hundred and ninety nine thousand. <laughs> it's nearer the hundred thousand than it is nine hundred ninety nine. But what I'm trying to say, it's just it's just how clubs do things now. It's it's how the how it, it's done. I don't know when it changed because I don't even know when the change come that fees wasn't really reported anymore. You know, they're they're just now they're just you know they're talking about quite often get a fee where someone knows they've got they say an hundred million buy within the contract, so we know that it's got to be hundred million to to to. to uh, exercise that clause but uh, yeah, I think that I don't know why it's done I don't know it certainly it certainly ain't I mean I'm, I'll be quite happy to, to anything that I've done this or in six and a bit years I've been here I'll be quite happy to, for the figures to be out there it wouldn't bother me you know what I mean in, in the slightest it, but it's, it, it's, it's a case of that quite often the buying club well it, it, wasn't undisclosed around it, uh, so I, I don't. It, 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 it doesn't bother me. I mean, we've sold two this summer, and we sold Dan Aggie, uh, Dan, not Dan Aggie, yeah. we sold Dan the Kruger, and we sold Chadwick Ogie, and, and and the reason behind that was that, as I said before, we didn't see we see Dan as a Dan the Kruger as a. Uh, he's probably 23, 24 in our squad, if I'm totally honest. And, 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 and Middlesbrough bought him to go into their 21s and give us a decent money. And, 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 uh, and there is, you know, decent kick-ons. And, and Shad the same. And, and, and sometimes, they'd say, it ain't always the first bit that's the most money, if I'm honest. You know, sometimes it's the sell-ons. Uh, I mean, if you look at Macaulay Bond, for instance, we sold him to Charlton. Two hundred thousand pound, which was in his contract, and they put better twenty percent sell on that when he went for one two million. We got twenty percent at one point eight. So sometimes you can you just got to got you covered in deals if someone becomes successful. That didn't really tell you why undisclosed is used or not used. As I don't know the answer. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, that's fine. Um, L Hayward Four on Twitter said, "Now we're in League One. Will we start to offer players deals of more than just two years?" Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of talk about this. To be honest, you, at, at board level, uh, we've started to offer now two years with a third year option. So quite a few of the contracts we've done this year. Uh, there was a, there was a, a, a board. It wasn't. It was a board decision that they only wanted to do two years. Uh, and then I started to say that you know the better players, you may have to do three years. Uh, I think it's very risky for a club at our level to offer any more than three years. But I think three a three year deal uh, wouldn't be a, a disaster. Uh, I think some of the younger players 
sometimes you need to, to give them that, to give them the time to flourish. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've always been two or one. Uh, it's been that way for, for, for six years, but there is there is some of the contracts now that, that have got a third year in there as, as a club a club clause. So i.e. it's a club decision whether you keep them or not. Uh, some of the players will sign them and some won't. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think it, it's starting to, I think around the two year is starting to, to uh, lessen mm-hmm. the, 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 there may be the option to go with with three years, uh, and it, it, it's uh, people. Will, you know, people look at it and think, "Well, Paul Smith, Lawrence Figueroa, I would have kept him if we had him three three year contracts." I was talking to them last summer about signing a new deal. You know, then then at Christmas, Bill Nendel, they didn't want to be a League Two club next season. We'd become League One, so then we had a chance, but we still never kept him. But as I said before, for me, I don't. I don't really lose any sleep over losing good players because I've always felt that we're capable of replacing people with some other heroes. And, and you know, Lawrence Vigoro and Paul Smith are going to be fresh in our mind because of what happened last year. But if we get off to a good start, like anything, I have to soon forgot about. Absolutely. Alexander J. Rose is asking you a food question. Uh, he says, pie, mash and liquor, or do you prefer gravy? No, I'm a pie mash and liquor. Uh, my wife uh, disgusts me when we go into the. Uh, we use the one in Waltham Abbey, actually, the, the pie mash up. And when we go in there, she's uh, as gravy. She's from uh, she's from the West Country. She's an <laughs> and she just can't. She just can't understand all this fuss about this green stuff, as she calls it. So <laughs> when we go in there. And you ask for a pie mash and liquor, and then you ask for a pie mash and gravy for her, and you get the weirdest look you've ever like. It's like asking, you know, someone to, can I take your wife home tonight? <laughs> I mean, it's like a nightmare, but yeah, it's about bigger for me. We always get asked uh, a food question from our younger listener as well. So we've asked this to Paul Smith, and we asked it to Richie Wellens. Uh, so if you had a perfect three course menu, Martin, what would your starter be? What would your main start? What would your main meal be? Sorry, and what would your dessert be? Uh, my main my starter would be mussels uh, in a tomato sauce hot like my local Italian does them uh, my main course would be a fillet steak and my what would my dessert be don't be funny I, I like any dessert if I'm honest but probably uh, a cheesecake of some description yeah, good shout. Good cheesecake, shout, you won me over with the steak and the cheesecake. PD, <laughs> PDR won. In fact, that was Paul Smith's cheesecake. Paul it? Smith's was steak and yeah. cheesecake. Yeah, uh, and Rishi's was a steak as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Good taste in the club. PDR1112 yeah. said, if you could change one thing about the process of signing players, what would it be and why? Take agents out agents, of the equation yeah, and just deal so. with the player and the club, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, there is... There is Look, in any in any industry, there's going to be good and bad, you know. And there is, I'll, I'll get on well with some agents, uh, some other agents not so well, and some some like. What, what I don't like about it is if I can just get the feel from agents, and I suppose because I've been around a long time now, is that when I feel that they're in it for themselves rather than the player, and I get that feel, and it and it turns my stomach a little bit. Uh, 
because they're talking about what they're going to get, you know, before uh, is the player going to like come in, what's the club about? There's some real genuine ones out there. Don't be wrong, there's good. There's good. The problem with the agency world is it's, it's like the Wild West because there's no qualification anymore. I know they're looking to change this, but there's no qualification and there's no... You don't have to put a bond down to, to, to you know, to, to the FA. And, and that's what that's what it needs. It needs, like any industry, it just needs doing... And then sometimes you get parents doing deals because they feel that their son or thing is being uh, taken advantage of by the agent. And now sometimes that gets worse if I'm honest with you because of because of they've not got the experience of of, of, of doing it uh, yeah so for me it would be to, to take out agents or at least make the agents that you deal with the genuine type rather than the type that are not so genuine nice one so we've got three questions left Martin last uh, the following two are from the forum so uh, first up says where does Martin see the club in three years and five years time and if that includes championship football does Martin believe our current setup could sustain championship football now like you're you, you're like you it's like I've got a ball I'm on a ball call and a ball <laughs> meeting because it, it, no, no because that's what we're talking about all the time you yeah. know the last time the club won championship was 1982. I know that much. Uh, if we haven't got the ambition to be a championship club, we might as well stop now and say, like, someone else coming in, we'll move aside and get out of the way. And, and, but how do, how do we... How do, so we had a six-year plan for the day we walked in. And when it was put together... It was it was put together mainly by me, if I'm honest with you, because because it, it, not being it just because I it, it, was there a react was there a, a, a realism in us getting to lead back to lead one in six years? Yes, there was a realism. Was it difficult to do? Yes, but then I'm always been an ambitious type. So when I started first started to speak to Kent and Nigel and talking about being a League One club, because I'd seen it, you know, I'd managed the club myself in League One, so I could see that that was obtainable. Now, that six-year plan has come to fruition. I think Wrexham and the like had probably had the same six-year plan. Wrexham had just got out after 14 years. Of, uh, not saying... And I knew we, you know, to win two championships in six years, you know, and... Uh, it's just now starting to say it gets difficult now. <laughs> it's not so easy anymore. We ain't, you know what I mean? It's it won't be out this league for forty years. But don't want to ever the things the thing that I, the best way to put it, the things that I think could could hold us back is I think everybody knows size of size of stadium. Now, if we wanted to be competitive in in the championship. We probably need a stadium that's double the size that we got. Now, would we fill a double the size stadium? I'm not so sure, but all I know is that we'd, we'd get double figure gates more than we could do now because we can't get them now because mm. we can only get 8,700, 800, 900, whatever it is. Mm. So then you have to look at the, the, the scenario of if a moving stadium. A few years ago, or 20 years ago, everyone was like, well, oh, we don't want to move the stadium, don't want to do this, don't want to do this, because nobody had done it. 
Now, what we need to know is that if we if we look to move stadium, we want it to stay within Wolfham Forest. We don't want to take the club away from its roots. Now, people might say that Brisbane Road is its roots, but let's be fair. There's I don't know how, what the percentage of clubs within 92 they're in the league now and if you include the National League how many clubs that have moved stadium because one the stadium's getting hold and decrepit that ain't quite right for out apart from the East Stand because the other three stands are quite new mm. but we need to have a project put together of a championship project of how can we get there we need a new stadium we need a new training ground you know the training ground is not big enough for uh, I wanted to put together a development squad this year. We haven't got the space to put a development squad together. Uh, so we are looking for a new training ground. We have found a few sites. Uh, the, the championship question is, you know, there's two ways of getting through the leagues. One is to have a billionaire that's just going to chuck money after money after money after it. People say, oh, Bournemouth did it. Yeah, but they had a Russian billionaire, billionaire whatever. You know, if, there, if that billionaire is out there, you can probably do it on the size of stadium we've got. But if you want to do it in a productive and right way, I think we would need to move stadiums. So we speak to the council and we say, look, is there any land? And is the answer is Wolf and Forest. I don't know where you're going to put a stadium, but Brentford have managed it. So if Brentford can manage it, what they did, then we can do it. There's no good putting hurdles there that we that we can't say. Oh, we can't get there because of uh, because if we do that, we might as well say we might as well stop. But we we we'll become happy to be a League One club, which we are at this moment in time. But if we ain't got no ambition to be any bigger, then if I'm honest with you, I wouldn't want to be part of. The club, if it, if it had no ambition of trying to improve itself, is this step twice as high, three times as high as the two steps we're just taking? Yes, it is. To sustain that step, uh, is, is that difficult? Yes, it is. Can it be done? Yes, it can. It can be done. I'm not one that's going to sit here and say we're going to go straight for a League One and we're going to be in the Championship in a year's time. What I say is that I think it can be done. Everything about the football club is moving forward. It's moving forward, but to move forward to be a championship club, we have got some hurdles to get over, but the hurdles can be jumped, in my opinion, uh, in the next three to five, ten years, whatever it is. I mean, I'd just like to... Same as Nigel. Nigel's got a, a thing that he'd like to leave a legacy, that he'd, that he'd put the club in a better firm uh, holding pot for the time that he'd been there, and if I, if my so-called legacy is that you know I've done ten years and and, and, and it's in a better place and looking to to go to next the next level, then I would feel quite contented. But if 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 the option or the possibility of not getting to that next level wasn't there, then I think you, you start to lose your focus as a as a as a work as a work someone that's a work the working force and also the fans, the board, you've got to have a focus that you can get somewhere and live the dream. And then once our Luton, correct, but what they're doing, going to a new stadium. So mm. I think the new stadium, whatever happens, needs to be done at some stage. I'm not, you know, something totally out of my comfort zone uh, of where, how, 
all I know is that other clubs have done it and some have been very, very successful doing it and some, you know, I'm a, I'm a West Ham supporter. I know I shouldn't say that. Going from Hudson Park to the Olympic Stadium was a disaster, in my opinion. It still is, but mm. it's twice as big as Upton Park. So on a, on a commercial scale, it, it works. Martin, thanks so much for your time. Uh, we've we've kept you a lot longer than we expected, so really appreciate it. And your frank and, and, and full answers yeah. have been absolutely fantastic. We obviously didn't expect anything less, but we genuinely appreciate it nonetheless. So I guess no ju- just to close, what's your message for the Orient faithful? We've got the season coming up off the back of a championship winning season. Uh, message for the Orient faithful, just to finish. Yeah, I mean, I think for the Orient faithful, it, 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 it's to... to ride the wave with us you know the wave may be a little bit calmer this year than than it has been last year but all i remember is that when we come in you stuck with us through the first year of the the national league because the euphoria was saving the club then we had a a, a second year that was successful and then we had three years where, which wasn't so successful in terms of League Two, uh, not really pushing for the playoffs, not really pushing for promotion. But you stuck with us. You stuck with us. The fans are going up, and, and and you know we may have a few bumps this year because of the league we're playing in. But if we all stick together, we're so much stronger yeah. as a group. You know, I mean, we're so much stronger, and uh, and let's let's find the good. And it's sometimes difficult when you when you football team loses but let's try and find the good in any anything we do and, and try and be successful and try and look for that how do we build you know i'd love to see i'd love to ask a question what you just asked me about how do you get to the championship and stay in the championship i know your question wasn't exactly that but that's mm-hmm. how i heard it and it'd be interesting what the fans think because you, without rose-colored glasses is there a sustainable way of doing it? You know, the, the club is getting closer to being run on a sustainable level. It's not there yet, and it, and, and and it's still got quite a way to go to get there. But it'd be interesting what you know the supporters feel about because you've got to have realism as well and honesty. And uh, I think if you get that, we're 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 on a good thing. Well, thank you very much indeed there to Leighton Orient Director of Football, Martin Link. Always a pleasure to have him on the podcast. And I think it's fair to say the honesty, openness and transparency that uh, runs through the club is, is very much there to, to see. And there's a lot of hard work and thought that goes into to it. You don't just players turn up to sign a contract. There's, there's obviously a lot to go. We had a lot more questions than that. So we're quite conscious of time that we didn't want this to be like a 10-hour episode. Yeah. So we didn't get everyone in. So thank you very much indeed, uh, Martin. But let's move on now. We're going to cover the last couple of weeks since we last recorded. Um, we are going to now bring you up to date. The Supporters Club are running coaches again this season. Steve's got more on that? I have. They go to Wickham on Tuesday, the 15th of August. So the coaches leave the ground at 3pm. This one kicks off at 7.45 and a flat fair, everyone. 25 quid for this game with children under 15 travelling for £13. And on the Saturday after the 19th of August, we are all off to the seaside for a big away day out at Blackpool. Coaches leave at 8am for this one, kicking off at 3 o'clock. Adult fair, more expensive at 44 quid, but still an absolute bargain Concessions £41 and children travelling for £22. And remember, these prices do not include your match day tickets. So, to book for any of these trips, you can visit the supporters club on a match day or you can call the travel line on 07507 539 57.
nine. Absolutely. One piece of AOB this week is a happy 60th birthday to our friend, friend of this very podcast, Jay Gilbert. We hope you had a great time celebrating. And if you've had a, um, a birthday since we last recorded, wishing you a very happy birthday. Great stuff. So like Paul said, this is all about the second part of pre-season. Let's, so let's move on to that and recommence where we left off on happy Monday, the 10th of July. And at 4pm, the club announced the loan signing of goalkeeper Sol Brin, who has joined us for the season from Middlesbrough. And Brin led League 2 saves table made for last season. Uh, he made 136 saves and played every single league game for Swindon Town. I believe he was their player of the season. For a 21-year-old that's year. not got a lot of experience, that's really good. It also says maybe a little bit too much about their defence that he's had to make that many <laughs> saves, but kudos to the guy anyway. Absolutely. Simon Royce uh, was quoted saying, we're delighted that we've got Sol in. We've been chasing him for a while. And for him to want to come speak to volumes about what we are doing here, he had a fantastic season for Swindon, who didn't have the best year themselves. Soul stats were at the top end of the division and he was always our number one target. Soul's had a good 10 days training with his parent club Middlesbrough down in Portugal. So he's fit and ready and we can't wait to see him in action. Bid of Lejande, your thoughts on the signing of Mr Britt? Yeah, look, I mean, no one can proclaim to be an expert regardless of, of what your knowledge of, of league league football is. So heard good things about him, heard positive things about him. Came across well, I thought, on his interview. Yeah. Um, I think he spoke really, really well. Yeah, look forward to seeing him in action. Yeah, not much more I think that I can add. Sounds like a quality signing. Obviously yeah. Martin spoke about him. He's had a pretty good pre-season, which has been really impressed with him. Saved the penalty uh, yesterday. yesterday we'll we'll come yeah. on and talk about. But yeah, it sounds more than ready to make the step up. Uh, to League One after being in League Two last season. And obviously, massive shoes to fill. So we wish Sol all the best of luck at the Orient. So Tuesday, the 11th of July, a youthful Orient 11 were in action away at Brentwood Town and won the game 3-1 with goals from Karachi, a trialist, and Avgustidis. So well done to the O's. Absolutely. Friday, the 14th of July, happy ninth birthday to your very favourite podcast. Yes, this one you're listening to <laughs> right now. We turned nine, nine years ago, on the 14th of July, a dream became a reality and the Outlook <laughs> podcast was born. Unbelievable. Happy yeah, birthday. Happy birthday. Look at us, Mr. Lee. Look yeah. at us now. So also on the day, the senior squad were in action. They were in Spain playing Charlton Athletic. This one kicked off at 11am uh, with the game played in four 30-minute periods. We'll cover this one very briefly. For the first 60 minutes, the side lined up as follows with brilliant goal. James, Brown, Happy and Sweeney at the back with Sanders, El Miz and Moncur in midfield and a trialist, Archibald and Drynan up top. Charm took the lead through Alfie May, their recent acquisition, but Aaron Drinnan equalised in the final minute of the quarter to send the teams in level at the half hour. Yeah, so winning at one all and his second Orient side to play in the final of two quarters <laughs> were Howes, Hunt, Beckles, Ogie and Soji in defence with Prattley, Galbraith and Aji in midfield and Obiero, Pegram and Satori up top and with no goals in the second half of the game the match finished all square at one all. Richie said it's been a good week the new lads have settled in and it's fan- it's a fantastic group The uh, they are the sort of lads that I want to play for my football club Steve your thoughts on yeah I mean very briefly I think we we're all pleased to see Dryden get a goal so yeah. early on in pre-season we know he didn't have the best season last season but didn't get the pre-season so Absolutely. looked strong took it well and uh, and the result could have gone either way, really. Chances for both teams. So there's some good experience for some other players as well there. So a few players like Soji, uh, Obieru, 
Pegram, who will yeah. feel the benefit um, of that. So yeah, more more than happy with that. So decent experience for that for the boys. Absolutely agree with you. And it's nice that they did it in thirty minute periods because it was really hot. We know people that were out there. It was obviously baking hot. Uh, out there so yeah it does make sense Saturday the 15th of July as we move on now happy birthday to our guest this week director of football (laughs) Martin Ling yeah and also on the 15th of July 34 years ago we lost the legend that is Laurie Cunningham always remembered obviously the statue in Coronation Gardens an amazing story uh, Laurie has through the rise in his career and like we said once and over Always know. Yeah, Tuesday the 18th of July. It was a late one for us here at Orient Outlet Podcast Towers because at 10.45, after rumours began circulating, the club actually confirmed that Shad Ogie had actually departed the club, signing for Gillingham for an undisclosed fee that we now know to be six figures. Absolutely. Interesting. I mean, Steve, your thoughts? It was a really late announcement. He'd been pictured, I think... Gillingham were playing Charlton and pre-season friendly, weren't they, at Gillingham's ground? It and it was a picture, a bit blurry, uh, but you could probably make it out enough that it was Shad Ogie. And rumours began to circulate. So, a very late announcement there. Yeah, for me, I was quite surprised by this, I must say. Uh, you know, he's young, he's decent, had decent experience, was first choice centre back, if you remember, up until the point where yeah. he got sent off uh, when we played Northampton at home at the back end yeah. of the season before last and lost his place. Yeah to Dan Happy who was immense and never was able to get it back but he was under contract he was a good backup like Richie said sorry like Martin said Richie saw him as a number like his fourth fourth choice choice I guess it makes sense for Ogie the player Uh, but I presume if we're selling him it means someone's ready to come in immediately obviously that is probably Ed Turns who still isn't at the club yet but it sounds like he'll be here sooner rather than later I mean good luck to Shad be interesting I mean we know Martin's music has just given us on the player. Obviously not rated very highly, I think it's quite clear, by Richie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kenny Jackie thinks there's a player there. I guess we'll see you in time. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I am a bit, and I'm, I'm, I am and I'm not, not to sort of sit on the fence too much about it. Um, regardless of the rumours of his attitude, like regardless of that, that doesn't really uh, impact us. Um, you know, like you've just said, Richie didn't see him... Uh, as his first or second choice and therefore as a 21 year old footballer you want to be playing games and if you're never going to get a game then what's the point if there's a club that comes in for you and offers you minutes then absolutely and, and Gillingham will probably be up there you know they've made some strong signings this summer so from their trend, uh, from his standpoint he's going to a club who are on the up with a new owner a manager that can get him playing good football he scored at the weekend they won beat Dagenham Redbridge and he scored the goal so it sounds like he's Setting I imagine he'll be first team quite yeah. easily for them. I rated him. I thought he had really good, promising career. Left back, left centre back, but yeah, he obviously just him and Richie, you know, didn't gel, didn't get on, and and that's that's cool. You know, he, he's moved on. We've got a decent fee for him. Probably a decent sell on at something in the region. Probably about twenty percent. I would imagine it seems to be the standard, um, and yeah, probably based on whether they get promoted or player or or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the last time we saw him in an O-shirt was Mansfield Town away. So Mansfield are, were just missed out on the playoffs, so the eighth best team, essentially, in League 2. He, if you remember, got sent off in that game, unfairly. But I thought within the first hour of that game, I thought he was excellent, excellent yeah, he as was. a centre-back. He's technically, I think he's a good player. I'm disappointed to lose him and disappointed that it didn't work out better for him and Richie because there is a good player there yeah, in right. my opinion so yeah I'm disappointed he's gone am I surprised he's gone no not really yeah I mean there were a lot of you. I mean this 
like we said, happened very late, 10.45pm, yeah. and social media, our tweets were going crazy. Let's mention a few. JB Foreman 002 said, I'm surprised because I thought he was great when given the chance, but he didn't play that much last year. Yeah, Lennon Forster. With Thompson out, we couldn't have let Ogie go if there wasn't a better player coming in. Good point. Obviously, Adam Thompson. Yeah, very good point. Len, <coughs> Phil VZ1. I said, I think this is one young talent who we have let get away. I always like the team of Shadow it, mm. but he didn't play anywhere near enough last year to be sharp. Really good signing for Gillingham. 1881 Will said he's gutted, but perhaps he wanted first-team football, so good luck to him. Got a feeling this might be a Nicky Shorey moment. Steve Nugent, UK, UK. So I said, actually, I'm quite gutted about this. I think he has a bright future and good luck to Shad. Yeah, Sean Galway, 86, said excellent on the left of a back three with Beckles and Mitchell. Never look comfortable at left back or centre back in a back four. It's a good move for him. Lewis Fear underscore said he had a good season playing in a free under jacket, but since Richie came in, barely got a sniff. Smart moving to Gillingham won't be missed. Tom D. Simmons underscore Tom said was very comfortable as a third centre-back, again alluding to the point that uh, that Sean made uh, just a moment ago, alongside uh, Beckles and Mitchell, but seemed to struggle in a flat back four setup that Wellens employs. Doubts about his attitude in training meant he was on borrowed time at the O's, so no real surprise. Maybe Jacket will put him back on track. Simply a red 72, so descending off at the end of the season before last, cost him his place, started last season, and happy grabbed it, never looked back. I hope we have a decent selling clause because he's still only 21. Good point. Yeah, that's right. Ted Talks Orient said, sad news. I loved him. He was a bright young talent with a long throw. That's also a really good point. Yes. I know Richie isn't a fan of the long throwing. Yeah, well, good it point. seemed to work for us last year and Tom James is still here. Yeah, absolutely. Good point there from Ted. Derby 507 says, mixed feelings. At times, he looked like he had the potential to go very far and at other times, he looked lethargic and had huge lapses in concentration. I hope he grasps the opportunity and that we have a sell-on clause. I Heart Rushmore said, probably not surprising based on how he's being underused, uh, sorry, used under Wellens, but always felt with his ability that he could play higher. It'd be interesting to see how his career develops. All right, Meat Pie, so don't like this one. Shad had a lot of talent, but have to assume Richie knows what he's doing. Perhaps the attitude wasn't spot on. And obviously he wants to start and we can't guarantee that. He wasn't getting game time and we received a fee and hopefully a sell-on as well. Yeah, we absolutely did. Spartacus1957 said, really can't believe we let Shadogi go. Thought he was one for the future and great cover for Dan Happy. Yeah, so we wish Shad all the best. We'll obviously be keeping a close eye on his progress at Gillingham. And we move on to Wednesday the 19th of July where Waterford FC announced the signing of recently released O's Keeper, Sam Sargent. So with Sam Sargent, all the best. And we'll be keeping a close eye on Waterford FC this season. Yeah, absolutely. Two pre-season games took place in the evening of Wednesday the 19th of July. Chelmsford City away. So the Orient first team squad split their time. Howes, Hunt, Brown, Light and Sodji uh, lined up at Chelmsford along with Prattley, Sanders, Archibald, Monker, Obiero, and we had a trialist up front. And there really wasn't much to say on this one, apart from a goal from a corner in each half separated the two teams as Chelmsford City ran out 2-0 visitors. Yeah, poor goals to concede. Their highlights yeah. were on the Chelmsford City Twitter page. And then uh, another Orient eleven were playing uh, away to Ebbsfleet, and they lined up with Brennan Goal, James Beckles, Happy Sweeney at the back with Galbraith, Almazuni, and Aji Satoru, a trialist who turned out to be Josh Martin, a very bright, uh, bright pair of boots, which is very nice, <laughs> uh, and Aaron Drynan. Bit of a strange first half, this one, as the O's went in at the break, 
3-0 down. Very surprising there. Despite late goals from Real Satoru and Jack Tatanga, the match ended in defeat as the O's lost this one. 3-2, so a double defeat by the O's. Yeah, absolutely. But nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, they've got some pretty decent players in there. In their midst. I think there's a couple of XOs in there as well. I think Josh Wright is there. Um, yeah, good and point. And there are a couple of, of others whose names I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, so we move on then to Friday the 21st of July. Worst kept transfer, uh, uh, worst kept transfer move of the season uh, was, so, was, was announced in the afternoon as Joe Piggott was confirmed as an Orient player. The six foot 29 year old striker joined us permanently on a two-year deal following the termination of his Ipswich contract. Yeah, so Joe said, I'm really happy to be here. Looking forward to seeing what we can do next season. The gaffer was a big part of me coming here. I had good conversations with him about myself and about what he expects from his teams. He really sold the club to me. I know Idris from Ipswich and I've played with Max Sanders before and they're great players and lads. So I'm excited to work with them both again. Bit of Lejande, your views mm. on Joe Pickett. Yeah, that bodes well, doesn't it, when you've played with a couple of the players yeah. before. And obviously, we're all about the dressing room and having a good group of players together. I think this could be the signing we just need, to be honest. we ha- He had a good spell at AFC Wimbledon. Hasn't really replicated it since then. But I think Richie Wellens, in his team and the way he will coach Joe, I think we'll probably get the best out of him. And I think that's what Richie does. He wanted these rough diamonds. Yeah. That, I mean, Joe's 29. He's, he's not a spring chicken. Like He's got experience. He's, you know, he's got that about him. Uh, and I think that if we can play him in a way that suits his strengths, he'll thrive. And that's, all, like, and, and that's a really bang obvious thing. To, I know people are probably sitting there listening like, duh, that's like really obvious. That happens in any walk of life. But like Martin said, Kieran Sadlier being used as a wing back, yeah. like that's pro- that in his opinion isn't the best place for him. So if you play someone where they are comfortable and that is their best, they're just gonna and you feed them and support and the whole network of the, of the team is, you know, joined up. It's not rocket science. So yeah, I think that he'll he'll thrive with us. I hope so. I mean, <coughs> decent signing. It was came obvious as the day he was going on that he was going to join us. There were rumours and Ipswich announced that he'd been released from his contract. So I guess when the signing came through, it wasn't a surprise. But mm. good pedigree. I mean, the guy played forty four times for Pompey last season, which is you know they are upper echelons of League One. You know, yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, he must have some quality. He's been at various like League One clubs. Twenty nine, like you said, good age, no spring yeah. chicken. He's coming to be the first choice number nine, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's how Richie's got him. He's not a squad player. He is first choice. And like Martin said, we were looking at Bond, we were looking at Piggott. We've chosen Piggott. So Piggott's obviously the man to lead us forward. Um, but yeah, hopefully does well for us and has a very good and productive two years. Yeah, I like it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm quite excited by that signing. Absolutely. Um, actually, you know, he's not just a target man. He can hold up, he can run off. He's got all this tools in his kit bag that he can he can bring and it just changes the dimension and we can move and change the shape and be quite fluid and keep yeah. teams guessing like Richie tried to last season so let's move on then Saturday the 22nd of July very proud to say it's my <laughs> my son Theo uh, he turned five so happy birthday to him although he doesn't listen to this but yeah give him the shout she played that little snippet there I love that I will uh, also on Saturday the 22nd of July the O's win pre-season action again but this time behind closed doors away against Southampton B. So the first half of this one was brilliant goal. Brown, Beckles, Happy and Hunt at the back with Sanders, Elmiz, Archibald, Monker, Satu and Pickett making up the 11. And the O's took the lead in the 26th minute after Theo Archibald's cross deceived everyone in the box, including the Southampton keeper, flew into the net to put the O's 1-0 up. And that was how the first half ended. 
Yeah, absolutely. Second half lined up, slightly different. Howells in goal, James Prattley, Sodji and Sweeney. Obiero, Galbraith, Jay uh, with Pegram, Tanga and Drinan up top. Pegram doubled our lead in the 51st minute. Drinan made it 3-0 six minutes later, but good things come to those who wait. And a late in the game, Tom James unleashed a ferocious shot. He doesn't do rubbish tappings, does he, that guy? That's From all. all of about 20-odd yards that went straight in the top corner. That made it 4-0 to seal a comprehensive 4-0 win. Yeah, again, great to see... Good to see Archibald get on the score sheet. If he, yep. When we had Archibald on, he said he doesn't feel like he scored enough goals. I don't. I feel like Archibald's game is really strong, but I feel like he needs more goals out of him. Great for assists and great yeah. for creating chances, but I feel he needs to score. So great to get him the goal. Yeah, Pegram could be the new up and comer, right? Yeah. So obviously we've mentioned him briefly on the podcast over the last year or two in the youth team, but gets a chance there, scores a goal. Obviously mm. we'll talk about Pegram a bit later. So really good. Great to see Dryan get another goal. You know, when Tom James scores, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a special Wildy. goal. Yeah. Which is what it was. And a year ago today, it was Tom James's goal against Grimsby, which is the oh, first game right. of the season. Great so, shout. Well played, Mr. James. So, Sunday, the 23rd of July, the O's ladies were in pre-season friendly action. And again, behind closed doors, they played South and United. And pleased to say the O's won the game 3 0 thanks to goals from Feldman, Bates, and trialist. So well done, ladies. Absolutely. Well done, the, the ladies there. Monday, the 24th of July. Some really terrible oh. news came out late in the evening. Uh, former Leighton Orient player Chris Bart-Williams had suddenly passed away, we believe, from a major heart attack at the, at the young, tragic age of just 49 years old. No age at all. Just a few years older than, than both of us. Our hearts and condolences absolutely go out to Chris's family and friends at this really terrible time and you know Sheffield Wednesday had lost Trevor Francis earlier in the day as well so I mean Chris played for a few different clubs um, as well so yeah terrible terrible situation terrible day for Sheffield Wednesday terrible day for Nottingham Forest as well both tributed to Francis and Chris Williams. yeah just awful and I think we're of an age where you know we're both 43 so we remember I Chris saw Williams him yep, as absolutely. an O as a young as a youngster coming through. So terrible news. Loads of uh, obviously tributes on social media. We got tagged in a few. It will mention hello Dave eighteen eighty one said terrible news. Remember his debut goal. So obviously scored in his debut for the O's. We knew he had a special player. Obviously as soon as he made his first appearance, goes on to say great player and thoughts with his family. Or in electric said remember going to Brisbane Road to watch him in the youth team. Head and shoulders above everyone else that night gone way too soon rest in peace Warren Barnes UK said this is so sad I'd been wondering what he was up to since he stopped playing all those years ago most impressive 16 year old I've ever seen in person play professional football RIP Chris yeah 25th of July Tuesday the 25th happy birthday to the ginger Pele that is Matt Harold. absolutely what a legend Matt is on the evening though Matt didn't get the night off he had to go and watch the O's in friendly action this time we were up away at Dagenham and Redbridge. The team lined up as follows with Bryn in goal, James, Beckles, Happy and Hunt at the back, Prattley, Galbraith and Moncur and Adji, Archibald and Piggott made up the 11. Yeah, they absolutely did. The O started the game but we fell behind in the 24th minute as Sydney IB gave the hosts the lead and that's really how the scoreline stayed until the half-time whistle. Yeah, second half kicked off, took the O's only three minutes to level as Dan Adji pounced on a defensive error and after being thwarted by Justin, he got the ball back, squared it to George Moncur, who calmly 
finished actually pretty nice, pretty nice finish by Monks, yeah, into the corner to make it 1-0 fair play to Dana Jay for continuing and, and pressing and keeping Ma- the ball and made the right choice he could have gone for goal again from a difficult that's angle right. probably fluffed it but made the right choice there and that's George. what pre-season is about is getting the right decision making processes going yeah. on in your mind uh, 61 minutes on the clock the quadruple change for the O's is Jordan Brown Jaden Sweeney Aaron Drennan and a trialist replaced Tom James, Darren Prattley, George Moncur and Theo Archibald. Ruel Saturio came on four minutes later to replace Dana Jay. Yeah, 74 minutes. There were three more changes for the O's. Sam Howes, Charlie Pegram and Zek Barbiero replaced Solbury and Ethan Galbraith and Joe Piggott. And that's followed swiftly after by Jet Tanga and Harrison Sodji coming on in place of Rob Hunt and Dan Happy. Yeah, and despite... And despite both teams looking for the winner, the match ended all square at 1-1. Yeah, another good workout there for the O's. Let's skip on into Thursday, the 27th of July, with over 150 fans heading to the Somme to pay tribute. The day marked the anniversary of the passing of Clapton Orient striker William Jonas, who was killed in Deville Wood on the Somme, Del- Del- France. Delville, yeah. Oh, Delville on the 27th. July 1916 as always we will remember them absolutely amazing how like that's 107 years ago and we still remember it's amazing credit to Steve Jenkins Peter Kitchen and everybody involved in in everything that that's about I'd like to go on that trip one year actually Saturday the 29th of July it was time for the A12 derby as we travelled for our final uh, friendly away uh, to Colchester United, although we have got Bishop Stortford on the tu- on this coming Tuesday. Uh, Sol Brin started in goal. James Beckles, Happy and Hunt with Prattley, Elmiz, Moncur, Ajay and Satoru C- and Piggott up top. Subs for this one were Howes, Soji, Sweeney, Galbraith, Brown, Pegram, Harvest, Tanga, Obiero, Archibald and Drinnen. And again, we're going to cover this very, very briefly. And after being denied by a good Solbrin save earlier on, Colchester took the lead in the ninth minute for a deflected header. <laughs> That's what um, I was to say. I mean, was... Richie Wellens was booked in the 27th minute with Darren Prattley booked five minutes later. And despite several efforts, we couldn't get the equaliser and the half ended with 1-0 to the host. It's probably worth noting that very rarely in a friendly game will you see the manager booked. 100%. <laughs> it just gives you an inkling as to what's gone on. Absolutely. One tweet at half-time from Kid Sampson, oh, who was in there, he's tweeted us at LOFC, 45-minute pre-season snap judgment. It said, Brin, Flappy, Hunt, and goal, James, slow, happy, tall, <laughs> Beckles, competent, Prattley, fouls, Elmiz, the biz, Monker, said, weirdo, <laughs> Aji said kick and rush. Piggott says not a lone striker. And Satiru said Gray's athletic. So a bit of a mixed reaction from Kid <laughs> Samson there. Four changes for the O's at half-time as Aaron Drin and Jaden Sweeney, Ethan Galbraith and Theo Archibald came on to replace Joe Piggott, Tom James, Darren Prattley and Dana Jay. Yeah, so obviously Dana Jay picked up a knock there that Martin has alluded to earlier on in his interview. 54 yeah. minutes on the clock then. Theo Archibald received two yellow cards in very quick succession. I was given his marching orders. What's going on there? How do you get two yellow cards in, in like, I think it was 10 or 20 seconds or within a minute? How does that even happen? He was obviously gobbing off. Obviously gobbing off. I think he's he's like, made a tackle, got booked for it, gobbed off to the referee. Because he did the free kick, got booked for that and yeah. apparently went off on his, yeah. on a round and a got another road. booking. So yeah. you could argue as pre-season friendly ref, come on. However, it depends what, in my eyes, it depends what Theo has said because we all know Theo likes to 
say stuff back to refs. We know he's a bit of a wind-up merchant and we love him for that. <laughs> yeah. But if you get booked, mate, yeah, I think you probably go just actually. Them. He probably just puts a pre-season, pre-season friendly. friendly like, what's different? Yeah, the scoreline doesn't matter who wins and who loses here. But yeah, sent off. That's what happened. A minute later, the host doubled their lead with a Connor Hall header. Yeah, 57th minute, Jordan Brown came on to replace George Monker. Yeah, another sub in the 67th minute. A sub, Aaron Dryden couldn't continue, so that was a worry. And he was replaced by Charlie Pegram. We won a penalty in the 70th minute after Ruel Soteria was fouled inside the box. Charlie Pegram tucked away the penalty just about. Keeper got hands yeah. to that. And unfortunately, Ruel wasn't able to continue. And he was then replaced by Zach Obiero. That's quite worrying at the time because a few videos of like the penalty. But as the penalty's been taken, you see like Soteria walking behind hobbling the goal, off, being hobbling. Off, so, yeah. you know, Martin said hopefully you'll be okay for Saturday. So fingers crossed. Further subs. Followed in the 74th minute, Harrison Soji, Jep Tatanga and Emmanuel Harvest came on to replace Dan Happy, Rob Hunt and Idris El-Mazzouni. Colchester were awarded a penalty in the 81st first minute, but Super Sol Brin <laughs> saved the result in spot kick. Lawrence who? Who's that? Lawrence who? Vigor who? We'll see. No further action to talk about. Although the O's did have a few chances to nick the draw. The match finished 2-1 as the hosts just about saw out the game. So... Richie Wellens gave an interview after. It's about eight minutes. Very long. The first four minutes of him talking about the pitch and the referee. We're not going to play it. I mean, it's been available now for just over 24 hours on the club's YouTube channel. Go and check it out. It gives a bit of an update uh, on other things as well. But I mean, again, great to see players like Soji, Tanga, Harvest get on, Pegram get on. Good experience for young. On the flip side of that, you go, right, Archibald's been sent off. But we know, luckily, he's not suspended. So we've had a bit of a result now. Yeah. So Tio is obviously a bit of concern, but Martin seems to think that would be okay. And obviously, big loss to lose Edgy because that, for me, he's a starter for me. Yeah. And Dryden, I think, would have been on the bench for Saturday anyway. However, he's had such a good pre-season. It's a shame that he's got injured. Yeah. So Sounds could have been much worse, but obviously could have gone much, much better. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm inclined to agree with you there. Um, Kid Sampson tweeted us with a second half overview uh, or his ratings of the players. Bryn, Viggs, Hunt, unremarkable. Sweeney was erratic. Beckles, erotic. Happy's eyebrows. Galbraith was tidy. Elmiz, please don't get injured. Moncur, pants. Theo, sarcastic applause. Drinnen, injured. Ruel, Stretton Rovers. Kids were enthusiastic. Absolutely. So uh, that rounds up Colchester. But after the game, though, some extra special news. I think Hearts announced it a bit earlier than what the O's did. But the O's did announce it as a special pre-season game. We'll be played next year as we will play Hearts of Midlovian on Saturday, the 13th of July, 2024 at Tyne Castle. So it gets played in their proper ground. Nice stadium, that, although I've ever been. And that'll be part of Hearts' 150-year anniversary celebrations. And obviously, there's a bond between the clubs. Uh, it's basically during World War One, both clubs suffered great losses at the Battle of the Somme. I think that's been called for for the last couple of years. Several years before but COVID. Amazing, though, obviously. That's probably been in the pipeline for quite a few years, around the 150th anniversary of Hearts, which is probably why it hasn't happened before. Yeah, fair. But brilliant. I'm sure there'll be loads of those fans making up that trip to Scotland on that weekend. It'll be great to do very, it very special match but look really forward to that one that's going to be a great day absolutely Sunday the 30th of July today as we record this podcast the club held a family fun day at Brisbane Road we hope everyone who went had a great time and got to meet your idols the new players got to chat with them uh, and had a generally great time yeah I've seen some pictures everyone said I had a great time again yeah. great engagement from the club right perfect time to do it and People were having their photos still of the Lee 2 Trophy and why not? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. should be done. So that was that. Also this afternoon, the ladies' team were in front of action. 
their way to St Albans City had a bit of a, a tough one there. They lost the game 6-1. So we say unlucky to the ladies. Absolutely. So let's move on then as we look to round this uh, this show up. Uh, predictions for this season. Where do you think that we're going to end up? What's your gut feeling? My gut feeling is still top half. Okay. Of top table. 12. Yeah. Top 12. Yeah. yeah. I okay. thought with a bit of luck, maybe top 10. Okay. I think the playoffs, I think there's an opening there for a team you don't expect to get in the playoffs, whether that team is late on it or not. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think we have to be lucky with injuries and it'd be interesting to see who else comes in. Yeah. But I think on our day, I think our first 11 at League One level will give most League One teams a decent game. So if we can have really strong home form like we had last season mm-hmm. um, and kind of put up decent fights away to most League One teams that I think we'll do. I don't think Richard will at standard slip. I think we'll be right. I'm not sitting here thinking I mean, that we're going to be in relegation trouble mm. or have a scrappy season. Don't get me wrong. There will be games where we get tonked. We will lose games like 3-0, 4-0, that, 4-1. That's just part of football. That will happen. But I think it's really important that you know it's a difficult start. Charlton away will be a difficult start. They've got a new board. They've signed Alfie May, who's a great player. They signed Barnes' keeper, Harry Ifstead, from last season, who was a great keeper. Charlton away will be difficult. I'd take a point at Charlton at this moment in time if you offered it to me. Follow that up with Plymouth away that I don't care about. But we yeah. probably lose that because I think we use it as a squad game. So I don't think that'll be our first 11. Portsmouth at home will be a very, very difficult game. Portsmouth yeah. historically start very well and then they fade. Portsmouth will be really difficult. They'll bring 1,200 fans to Brisbane Road to be a great atmosphere. That'll be a really difficult game. Then Wickham away, then Blackpool away. So that's a very, very difficult first four games. So it's very important that we keep the faith. We don't panic too much. However many points we take from those games, however many points we take. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint. True. We've just got to be cool and calm and we'll see what it works out. But I, as I sit here, six days before the season starts, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you. I think we'll probably, I mean, look, it'd be great if we could sneak top 10. Uh, but, you know, there are still a lot of strong players there's still a lot of strong um, clubs in this this side you shouldn't overlook the Wickhams maybe shoot, uh, maybe Stevenage might might be a bit of a shock surprise to people for what they're doing you can't outrule you know out, uh, overlook Derby Counties and the Lincolns and the Northamptons and the Oxfords and the Bristol Rovers you know there's, there's a lot of Barnsleys as well and the Portsmouth like you say Bolton you know there's a lot of sides that and it might be one of the lesser sides that that kind of surprises you at the end and not what like Richie said earlier in the in his comments, sorry, about, you know, the, the sides coming down aren't as strong as the ones that have gone up. And, and as Martin said, that's a good thing for us. I think we'll be somewhere probably between 9 and 14, and I would be quite happy with that. I'm mm, probably actually revise that probably between 10 and 14, somewhere in that. I know it's a really small pocket, but maybe 10 Fine. to 15 in that middle third that Martin thinks. But if I'm going to be pin my um, nail on the mast it'd probably be somewhere between 10 and 14 10 and 15 I think that's a great point about the relegated team so Reading are in <coughs> all kinds of trouble yeah new manager as well I mean they're, they're but they can still sign free free agents yeah, so it's not I the mean, end of the world they might be up there but free. they're not they're not going to be as strong as what I think most people thought they were Wigan again the other minus team minus 8 Blackpool again yeah. managerial change everything we've got going for us and Richie mentioned this is our consistency continuity right so all yeah. those relegated teams have had changes yeah uh, some you, are in troubled ownership as well absolutely let's not, let's not absolutely. Go, we're going to have got new owners 
Yeah. Charlton have got new owners. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily mean that things are going to click just like that because Absolutely, of the bigger yeah. club. I think Derby, I expect Derby to be up there. Derby kept yeah. their manager, kept that core of players. Barnsley lost their manager. So obviously beating player finals. Barnsley lost Michael Duff. He's gone. He's at Swansea, so they've got a new manager. So they'll have to adapt. Peterborough seem to bring in loads and get loads out every year. Yeah. On a yearly basis, Peterborough is always a tough Frankie one. Frankie Kent went up to Scotland. Hearts, he's yeah. gone to Hearts. Yeah. So, yeah, there could be an opening for him. It'll be very interesting uh, to see what happens. Hopefully, like I said, we win more than we lose and we'll see where we end up. So, we ran one of our infamous Twitter polls earlier today asking how you thought the O's would get on in this one. Uh, I made it and mistakenly set it up for 24 hours, so it's still running as we talk. But we've had 383 votes, which isn't bad. There's still 14 hours left. And basically, 11% of you think the O's will finish in the top seven, which is fantastic. Very optimistic. Only 2.3% of you think the O's will end up in relegation trouble, which is fantastic as well. But there's a very, very close call between the top half, which is 13th or above, and the bottom half, which is 14th to 20th. So we have 42.8% of the votes going towards the top half, and 43.9% of you think the O's will finish somewhere between 14th and 20th. So that's probably... Uh, a good recollection of where fans think we will sit so let's see how we get on I think it's yeah. really interesting to see obviously we put out a tweet asking for your views as how you think the O's will get on this season had a few responses back Dan Alton 2590 says I can't really say for sure until the end of the transfer window and what comes of the three attacking injuries we suffered yesterday so I'm not sure Dan let's see what happens Ron Sampson 15 said I think we might struggle a tad because in my opinion we were weak up front and scoring goals is going to be a problem not sure we can rely on the defence like last season against better quality players I see us finishing around 17th or 18th that's not a relegation fight I, would, no, I, I wouldn't be unhappy yes obviously I want to be higher up but as long as we're not in a relegation fight you know I'm, I'm alright with that I yeah, agree there the Orient chat so new ha- uh, handle on me says band on the table we should finish with our squad yeah. I'm hoping we achieve that but do need a few signings to make sure of it we also need certain players to step up Les LK 52 said already got injuries and a tough start if you offered me fifth from bottom I'd bite your hand off very yeah, pessimistic yeah, yeah. Edward K 54212196 said hard to tell really but I'm predicting mid table um, Adam PK Upminster that's a new one for me welcome to the show hoping to be at Charlton away next week but I'm worried about our goalkeeping department losing Viggs was a big blow delighted to have El Miz back and I think Piggott will come good for us and hopefully Drinnen continues his pre-season form mid-table finish will do nicely Mortjig said for all of our good signings I'm not seeing much of the squad as a whole who have played at League One level I honestly think we'll struggle particularly in scoring goals but I hope I am wrong. Paul underscore LT2P said, I think we'll be okay, not spectacular. I can see wholesale squad changes in January. We don't want to blow what we've achieved last season. Gorillas 1985 says, Galbraith looks to be a talent. We need another strike alone or permanent. I think we can finish 10th, depending on us getting a good start to give the players and fans some confidence. Hoping to go Pompey and Derby away, along with a few localist trips as well. Yeah, Orient... Orient Shire said, with Willens in charge, it would be like having 12 men on the pitch. Well, least at the start of the game. Always positive and predicting a top eight finish. Mr. Russ Mills said, we'll be fine with Super Richie. I think the step up won't be as big as some are thinking. Main concerns are Rorel. Andrew's nowhere near what's needed up front. James switches off too often. Omar, a bit too casual at times. But bring it on. 
Come on, you O's. Champions, champions. We'll go 300. So feeling confident and thinking we'll finish sixth if the young players are able to step up. Looking forward to seeing Galbraith. Really hoping Sweeney can kick on. I'm mostly concerned about the lack of pace at centre-back with such a young keeper behind them. Ewan Carter, 25, says 10th to 13th place. I will be happy with Gutted to lose some players from last season like Viggs. Hopefully, Bryn will turn out to be a good replacement. Also, it's good that some of the lone players who performed well are coming back, like Elmis and Turns. Uh, Barry Twin tweeted and said, top six and playoffs. So Barry Twin was very confident last season. His confidence he was well placed. Yeah. Dan, William H, looking at 12th to 16th, I think, which is fine. Wigan, Derby away games already penciled in. I'll try to get to Wickham in August as well. Really excited about Galbraith this year. Looks a talented lad. Biggest concern is an out-and-out out goal scorer. Billy Carroll GB said, comfortably mid-table should be the aim, but I can see us sneaking into the top half with a couple more quality signings. New signings have all looked decent from what I've uh, seen of them To be fair, uh, seen of them so far. Think we lack goals up front, though, which we need to address. At Wiggy underscore cut, so the best mid-table, at worst bottom eight, and fighting to stay up. Still need to do more in the transfer window. And the final word goes to Rekka Blue App, who said 12th to 19th is where I expect us to finish this season. Bigger teams than Orient have been relegated in recent years, but I think we have a decent enough manager to have a relatively decent start to life in League One. So those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. So they came into us at Twitter, which is now known as X, I think it is. So give us a follow on Twitter if you don't already. You can also find us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. You can also find us at Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. And if you're not on social media, you can email the podcast at Orient Outlook at Outlook.com yeah fantasy football uh, we are going to be running our fantasy.premierleague.com uh, league again this season and we want to beat last season's total amount of players of 356 so if you weren't in the Outlook podcast league last season then join our league if you're in and you play this season, you will automatically rejoin because Steve will automatically restart done. that league. Does, so yeah, it's already active. We've got a code of ZNDKHF. If you put that code in or any of your mates uh, are looking to join a competitive league next season, then join the Orient Outlet podcast, fantasy.premierleague.com league. Absolutely. All right, so positives and negatives of the rest of pre-season. I'll do positives here. So we've got two positives and we've got two negatives. Positives and arrivals since our last episode. So obviously, Saul Brin, who we spoke about, and Joe Piggott, who we've spoken about as well. So two good additions to the squad. And the last positive season finally starts next Saturday. Yeah, it feels like a bit of a longer summer, although in retrospect, uh, to balance that, it seems like sometimes it's just flown by. It's like we're at the end of July already. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, negatives, uh, injuries ahead of the season opener. Uh, obviously, we go back and listen to the beginning of the show where Martin talked about the injuries. And obviously, the squad not yet being fully complete now. I don't expect it to be, um, but it would be nice if it was. Um, obviously, Ed Turns, we're hoping, uh, are going to sign this week. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting. And obviously, the two incoming uh, other strikers that uh, I think has been alluded to, um, maybe we'll get one of them this week as well. Yeah, lots of <coughs> names floating around on social media. So, hopefully, we'll see what happens with that one. So, hero of the last couple of weeks <coughs> since we last done the podcast. Mm. So we obviously gave it to Martin Ling. Uh, and the last pre-season podcast probably would have got it again tonight uh, but obviously we can't really give it to him two times yeah. so hero of the last couple of weeks Charlie Pegram yeah. well done Charlie well done, Pegram Charlie. scored away to Southampton scored his penalty yesterday made a good impact and I think we might see a bit more of that young lad 
this season. So let's move on to next week's fixtures in one more preseason friendly. Bishop Stortford, Tuesday night on the 1st of August, kicking off at 7.45. And then the season gets underway on Saturday, the 5th of August. And as you'll all know, we are going away to the Valley, Charlton Athletic for our season opener. Big game, London Derby, be a great atmosphere. So have a safe journey, everyone. I want to get pre-match, post-match, or during the game. So bit of Lejande, let's do it. The 11 in for Saturday. You tell me who's going to start on your 11. I'll okay. tell you starts in mine. Keeper? The Brin, obviously. Right back, James. Left back, Hunt. Beckles and Happy? I think so. Or back the, although James can count himself lucky to start a right back, I think. Because obviously, Richie's clearly not happy with him yeah. at the moment. But I think James does start. I think he does start. If it's not him, it'll at be right Brown. back. If he doesn't start well, though, I might expect George Brown to get on. Uh, all right. Oh no, Thompson's injured, so yeah, it'd be Brown. Okay, so I think we're fairly consistent across <coughs> the back four. Okay, yeah. you're free in midfield in. I'm gonna go El Miz. Absolutely. Sanders. Yeah. Um, Georgie Boy. And George Monker. I think you're probably right there. I think Georgie just edges it. And El and El Miz are the two automatic ones, but obviously the third one where you got Sanders, Galbraith, Bradley, and Galbraith, and Brown. Brown. I see Brown more all over the pitch at the moment. To be honest. But yeah, I think that I think he starts with Sanders, but I think we've got right, good option and strength in yeah. that position. So, yeah. be an interesting one there. Okay, up top, up top. I think up top is it's, it's going to be who's available, sales. right? Yeah, it's Piggott, uh, left Archibald, Piggott, and if Ruel's uh, fit and available, it will be Ruel. Otherwise, who else is there? If Drinan, if yeah, Drinan no. doesn't make it, it'd be Pegram. Yeah, so Piggott up top, Archibald on the right for me, Ruel on the left. I think okay. that's how he's going to play. What, and then cut in? Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't need to say it again on this podcast. Rural isn't a left forward or a right forward for me. It's yeah. just he's going to have to make do with who he's got available. Unless we get the loan signing in, like Martin said, maybe working towards that. So hopefully the left forward will be the new player who we don't know who it is yet. And hopefully to see who's on the bench, ready to come and make an impact up top. Yeah. So lots to talk about yeah. and think about on that one. Let us know who you'd start uh, for Charlton. Uh, again, you could do that via uh, social media. So sponsorship reminder in bid. Yeah, so don't forget get to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of florists at Carol Langley Florist. You can call them on 0208 529 4130 or on social media, they're at Carol Langley E4. That's Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E. Uh, or at Essex Biz, both on Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter because I don't agree with it being called X. So they're on Twitter. They're also on Instagram, Carol Langley Flores. They're also on Facebook. Just search for Carol Langley Flores. And just as a reminder, we have some really, really good packages at really, really competitive rates. We are here to help promote your your business, your products, your brand, whatever it is that you've got that you're looking to push to, to get a wider audience we are here to help you. So if you have a business that you're looking to push, we'd love to help fellow Orient uh, supporters promote their business. Um, whether you're, I don't know, a cab driver that's looking for, for more airport work, for example, or a gardener or uh, an estate agent. We had estate agents last year. Whatever your business, whatever your trade, we'd love to help promote you uh, to the Orient community. Absolutely. So that is it after one hour, 34 minutes, 24 seconds. Thank you for joining us for an epic episode 324 of pre-season, almost done and dusted. The squad has undergone its fine tuning with new signings and players leaving the O's. Friendlies have mostly been played now and it's all about Orient being a League One club and battling it out with some big teams 
with the season almost upon us. And as always, like we've said, our support is vital. So if we don't get off to the best start, it's important to stick behind Richie and the team, singing and standing up for the Orient, and you never know what could or might happen. But whatever does, your South Stand Chubbs will be here to inform you of all the latest those news and views that you need to know. That's right. So if you're listening on iTunes, can you please subscribe, give the podcast a rating. We'd really appreciate a five-star rating. It also helps new fans. There are lots of new fans that have got season tickets, uh, people that are, are coming to the club on a more casual basis, for example, because we're, you know, uh, our, our profile and obviously the fact that we're in London and obviously the fact that we've got a promotion. So it would really help people to find uh, a podcast about Leighton Orient. So if you could do that and also whatever platform you're on, um, favourite us and that way uh, you'll be able to get our uh, shows as soon as they are uploaded, whether you're on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever it is, give us a favour, uh, a favourite and, and a rating would be appreciated. We are also on all smart speakers. We're on the Fan Hub app. So listening to us couldn't be any easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, someone who has a passing interest in Orient, who you think wants to be kept up to date with what's going on at Orient, grab their phone, download it for them and pass the pod. Yeah, so we will be back with episode 325. This is very important on Sunday the 20th of August. So me and Nabil Lajande are off on our holidays, not together. Separately, unfortunately. Not together, unfortunately, although we both go on the same day. So we are not podcasting over the next two weeks. So we are back on Sunday the 20th of August. It's going to be an epic podcast and we'll have all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe. If you're going on a summer holiday, Have a great time. Have a great week. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.